is your award-winning BCFM on 93.2, 24 hours a day. Good morning and welcome to One Love, One Planet, the award-winning environmental radio show here on BCFM, where we talk all things environmental in Bristol, the UK and the rest of the world. My name's Shona Jemfrey. I'm presenting this programme for several months while the amazing Penny Scythegate has a very well-deserved rest and recharges her batteries. We're going to be looking at some news stories related to the environment, both in Bristol and further afield. We're going to play some tunes. And today we have a very special guest, Nigel Shipley from Extinction Rebellion. We're going to be talking all things Extinction Rebellion and what they're hoping to get up to next. Morning, Nigel. How are you? Hello, I'm fine, thank you, and uh, really glad to see the first signs of spring outside. I know, it's so nice, isn't it? I like woke up, because I have to, I do the Monday breakfast show as well, and I had to like leave the house at like half six yesterday morning, and I was like, oh my goodness, it's light outside, and I can go for a walk in the park at like half six p.m., and it's also light, and I like, finally, it's so good to be able to get out back in nature. Um, but yeah, remember, if you have any comments or questions, you can get in touch with us during the show by messaging 0750-182-0075. Welcome to One Love, One Planet. Thank you for joining us. Settle in for what is sure to be an interesting hour. So we're going to crack on with our news roundup. This is where we do a roundup of the news uh, environmentally on both like internationally, nationally and locally. There's quite a lot to get through. So we're going to crack straight in. So... Um, There is an article in The Guardian about a historic moment for nature as Europe's first wild river national park is announced in Albania. This is really exciting and some nice positive news in that one of the last wild rivers in Europe, which is home to more than 1,000 animal and plant species, has been declared a national park by by the Albanian government. It makes uh, the Vajosa the first of its kind on the continent. It's free from dams or other artificial barriers. It's rich in aquatic species and it supports a myriad wildlife. For years, this river's fragile ecosystem has been under threat. At one point, as many as 45 hydropower plants were planned across the region. That's a lot, obviously. But on Wednesday, after an almost decade-long campaign by environmental NGOs, it was declared the first wild river national park in Europe. Environmentalists describe it as a historic decision. And they are also hoping to attract more visitors and tourists through ecotourism. That's brilliant. Next news article, cracking straight on, also in The Guardian, older Americans are going to blockade banks in a climate protest. So today on Tuesday, climate activists across the US are going to blockade branches of banks that finance fossil fuels. They're cutting up their credit cards in protest. They're holding rallies. Um, a lot of them are going to be sitting in painted rocking chairs um, because it's being led by older Americans. It's the first set of mass climate demonstrations by older Americans. Um, it was set up by a guy called Bill McKibben who's 62 who co-founded a protest group all about uh, retired Americans uh, leading on the protests around the climate. Um, he says this Bill McKibben has set, been quoted as saying older people have got money and structural power coming out of our ears. We have to show young people they have their back. I'm going to be dead before the climate crisis is at its absolute worst but being nearer the exit than the entrance concentrates one's mind to notions of legacy and we are the first generation to leave the world in a worse place than we find it. So that is Bill McKibben um, from the environmental groups in the US doing those protests. That's interesting. Let us know what you think about that. More local news. Um, On Friday, maybe you saw this in Bristol City Centre, the Dirty Water Campaign protesters brought a bunch of inflatable poo to Bristol. So protesters, this is all about um, the Dirty Water Campaign, the quality of water in the harbour and in general coastal waters. Um, 
They, it was a bunch of protesters brought a flotilla of inflatable poo, dead fish and other pollutants and un- unveiled a giant satirical blue plaque in Bristol city centre to draw attention to the alarming levels of untreated sewage, agricultural pollution and industrial waste that are routinely poured into our rivers and coastal waters. So a bunch of protesters, including a group of cold water synchronised swimmers and samba drummers, congregated on the Cascade steps near Bristol Harbour at 10am to hear speeches. Um, and watch the plaque be unveiled and the group decorated the Cascade Steps with various representations of pollution before heading out to talk to the public. This is something that's been in the news a lot recently, obviously, is about uh, quality of water. So maybe that's, if you saw if you saw something on Friday, you were like, why is there giant inflatable poo in the city centre? That was probably why. And then another uh, exciting bit of news is Bristol's plastic-free Ramadan campaign goes national. This is an article in Bristol 24-7. After a successful pilot in Bristol, which saved around a tonne of waste per mosque organisers are campaigning for Islamic prayer hubs in other cities to get on board with the plastic free Ramadan campaign Nassim Tal- Talukdar the, the founder of Proje- Projects Against Plastic is one of the people who've set this campaign up he said protecting the environment is an important aspect of Islam and together we can tackle plastic pollution nationwide there are around 500 mosques in the UK and each one can use up to 3,000 water bottles and 2,000 and plastic plates and cutlery sets during Ramadan. This is because during the spiritual observance, Muslims fast from dawn till sunset until they are given the iftar meal. For this, it is common practice to use plastic knives, forks, spoons, plates, cups and water bottles to feed congregants as they break their daily fast. But seven Bristol mosques have joined an eco-friendly campaign to combat this wastage and the Plastic Free Project is now going nationwide with a launch event held at the House of Lords to encourage as many of the UK's mosques to get involved that's really exciting and we'll maybe try and get one of the founders of that campaign in to tell us more about that and then last bit of local news I sort of I said on Twitter that I'm probably going to have to do a uh, weekly roundup of all the bus drama going on in Bristol because there is so much bus drama and it keeps building people you know get more are getting more and more unhappy and frustrated with the state of the buses and the politicians have lots of different views about how it should be dealt with um, most recent juiciest gossip in the Bristol Post um, this week is that uh, Dan Norris the West of England Metro Mayor has blamed South Gloucestershire Council as the main obstacle blocking bus franchising so bus franchising is an idea that's become increasingly popular where uh, the West of England co- uh, combined authority the local government would have more of a say in uh, organising the bus routes and bring more power back into uh, local local hands but the West of England Metro Mayor Dan Norris has said a lack of tax raising powers means he doesn't have the money to bring buses back under public control in the wider Bristol region and that South Gloucestershire Council is the main obstacle but the South Gloucestershire Council's leader has responded and said it would be supportive of bus franchising being properly investigated and accused Dan Norris of indulging in politicking in passing the blame. South Gloucestershire Council raised concerns about uh, whether an investigation would mean further taxes on residents so this is yeah it's all getting very dramatic um you know lots of arguing amongst the politicians are the buses being unreliable i mean maybe that's already affecting people's cost of living you know so yeah lots going on there um nigel yes hi i mean do you have any views there's a lot of news there do you have any views on any of that or any news stories that have caught your attention well, 
My attention was the older Americans who are blockading fossil fuel funding banks, which uh, is the kind of thing which Extinction Rebellion has been doing for many years in this country. And the good news is that recently three banks, Lloyd's, HSBC and NatWest, have all declared that they will no longer fund fossil fuel infrastructure such as new coal mines and oil wells and that's very welcome because Extinction Rebellion has been protesting those banks for doing that but of course the great villain of the piece is Barclays Bank which is Europe's largest funder of fossil fuel infrastructure and Bristol Extinction Rebellion is regularly focusing on them outside their branch in Broadmead. Uh, We recently had a satirical um, Wheel of Fortune game for the public, pointing uh, yeah. out what how, they're doing. How does that work? How does a satirical Wheel of Fortune game work? Well, it becomes, it's uh, like a, a game show, and um, the host, dressed up in a top hat and fancy outfit, swings the wheel and it points to, oh, global warming, where did that come from? Well, fossil fuels funded by Barclays Banks. Uh, so it's sort of like an, uh, an exciting, attention-grabbing way to get attention to how Barclays Bank is feeding yeah. into all of these. Okay. Wow, okay, yeah. So that's something that Extinction Rebellion has been doing a lot of already around banking and around the climate crisis. Yeah. Yes. Amazing. And, um, yeah, one other thing I wanted to Bear, uh, draw attention to is if you are angry about the buses then you might there might be a way you can make money out of that because um, the West of England Shared Transport and Active Travel Network is looking for a, to hire a campaigner to work in the West of England area one day a week for six months so the West of England Shared Transport and Active Travel Network are looking to hire someone uh, the deadline is this Thursday the 6th of April this is a paid role there are no formal educational requirements for this role as long as you can show um, them that they have the skills they say we don't mind where you got them from we are particularly keen to receive applicants from long-term West of England residents who have experience of exclusion or marginalisation due to poor public transport connections. So um, if you're interested in that, then go to westact.org, that's W-E-S-T-A-C-T.org, and uh, look into maybe applying for that job. Let us get back into the reason we're here. Let's uh, chat to Nigel and find, yeah, find out all about what Extinction Rebellion is up to. But first, yeah, hi, Nigel. How are you? Tell us a bit about yourself. I'm fine, thanks. Um, I was for 33 years a social worker and manager in children's social care, child protection, fostering adoption, that kind of stuff. But I retired a couple of years ago and I've been volunteering for Extinction Rebellion because I'm so very concerned about the many crises that we're facing and how they're going to impact my children and grandchildren. My grandchildren will see the second half of this century when scientists are telling us we will be deep into an appalling climate crisis, uh, the loss of wildlife, extinction of wild animals, and so on. And Extinction Rebellion seemed to me to be the people who were being most effective at uh, bringing this to public attention. Okay, yeah, so for, I mean, a lot of our listeners probably know a bit about Extinction Rebellion, or at least have heard about them, but can you, yeah, just remind us what Extinction Rebellion are, what their purpose is, yeah, all of that. 
Okay, well, Extinction Rebellion came into being in October 2018, and we're well known for our disruptive actions, our creative actions, just as Sean has just been talking about, the Dirty Water campaign in Bristol. And a lot of people have wondered, well, why do you do these things which sometimes antagonize and annoy the public? Um, and the reason is because the founders of Extinction Rebellion, before they set it up, thought, how are we going to be most effective at bringing about change? And so they did a lot of research into successful social change movements of the past, and they were inspired by people like Gandhi and Martin Luther King and the suffragettes. And they looked at how those successful people uh, achieved the, the great changes that they did. And all of those use tactics of disruption and uh, breaking the law and all of them were imprisoned at various times and demonized by the press even though now people like Gandhi and Martin Luther King have statues in capital cities uh, all over the world. Um, so Extinction Rebellion found out that uh, the best way to bring about change and is to force the argument by causing disruption and grabbing people's attention, uh, at the same time being non-violent and being respectful to individual people. And so it's a formula that works, and uh, the best formula, and that's the one that we do. Okay, I mean, so... From what I've heard, obviously, so Extinction Rebellion have been going for several years now. Um, there's a, you know, you're sort of changing tactics this year. Um, can you sort of explain a bit more about where that's come from? Because obviously you've been very successful in getting a lot of press attention, very successful kind of getting, you know, both positive and negative press attention. I'm sure there's people listening who have sometimes felt frustrated at Extinction Rebellion for their tactics. So what what sort of is happening now? What's, the, what's brought about the change of tactic and what is it? You're absolutely right, Shona. Yes, uh, in January, Extinction Rebellion made a shift in our tactics. So um, when we first came into being, the great majority of people in this country were not interested in climate change, weren't sure whether it was real or anything important. And because of the kind of actions we've done to bring... Uh, climate change to people's attention, now the great majority, 80-85% of the population, accept that climate change is real serious and our politicians are not doing enough. So our tactics have worked in that sense. However, we need to put uh, more pressure on politicians and big businesses to bring about the changes which, for example, the United Nations Intercountry Panel on Climate Change, who have reported this week, tell us that we must do urgent action now to, to, to address the situation. So in January... So, so, ex sorry, sorry, just, so Extinction Rebellion, so it's, from what you can tell um, from the surveys being done, it's been very successful, kind of raising public awareness about climate change. Yes. Um, but now the frustration is, you sort of, is, is it feeling like you're hitting a brick wall at times, being like, but how do we actually get the people who have the levers of power, how do we actually get them to make the changes we all need? Yes, so what we need now is to get very large numbers of people out onto the street and to demanding in very different ways of our politicians, our businesses, our fossil fuel companies, that we must very urgently address the climate ecological crises, plus the other crises, such as the cost of living crisis and social justice crises that we're facing. So in January, Extinction Rebellion declared that we will no longer 
disrupt the public. We will not block the road to stop the public, but we will disrupt, disrupt uh, big business. We will go outside the headquarters of uh, fossil fuel funding banks like um, Barclays or uh, the Stock Exchange which or the uh, uh, Lloyds of London, which uh, uh, insures 40% of the world's uh, fossil fuel industry. So we will target big businesses, but not the public. So, there, so we probably won't see more, you know, we probably won't see Extinction Rebellion blocking motorways or blocking big roads like we have in the past. Is that? That's that? right. We won't be doing that. I mean, other groups like Just Stop Oil might do that, but we will not do that. Okay, I'm sure that's very welcome news to a lot of normal people just trying to get to work. Yes, indeed. So what we're doing alongside that is Extinction Rebellion is building links to other social and environmental groups. And just yesterday, 30 groups, uh, environmental charities such as Greenpeace, Friends of the Earth, unions such as the Public Commercial Services Union, one of the UK's largest unions, and Justice groups such as uh, Global Justice Now, Don't Pay UK, Black Lives Matter, 30 groups with a membership of over 2 million people yesterday declared that they would support Extinction Rebellion in our next campaign, our next protest long weekend starting on Friday the 21st of April going through to Monday the 24th of April near to Parliament in London those groups will stand side by side with us to demand that this whole range of crises that we face are taken seriously by government and big business. So this is, so we've seen this in previous years, Extinction Rebellion sort of descending on London and taking up loads of space in Parliament Square and Trafalgar Square. So this is going to be similar to that, but now you're hoping to bring, to bring other groups on board as well and get their support as well. Yes, these other groups have firmly declared that they will be standing next to us with their own banners and flags, and uh, we support their aims uh, because there's a huge overlap between environmental and biodiversity issues and, uh, for example, the, the cost of living crisis. If, for example, the government had invested in insulation and sustainable energy, wind power, solar power, uh, tidal power, if they had done that years ago, as Extinction Rebellion had been demanding that they did do, then when we face the, the cost of living crisis now, it would be far less severe because the cost of uh, energy would be very much lower and people's homes would be warmer if they were insulated and they wouldn't have to spend so much. So addressing the climate issues also would address the cost of living crisis there's a huge overlap across many of these issues you wanted to talk about some of the local stuff that's happening in bristol particularly there's a meeting coming up is that right that's right um in parallel to the work that extinction rebellion is doing to uh, link up with national charities and national environmental social justice groups in Bristol and in other cities around the United Kingdom, Extinction Rebellion is inviting local activists to come together in, in what, what we're calling here in Bristol, Stronger as One. So this is a, not a new idea, um, but basically what it's about is uh, you're much stronger if you're saying you're just not 
one person, for example, when writing to your MP, if you can say that you represent a thousand people who are working as a community together, you're much more likely to get a response because your MP, he or she, uh, must face all of you. So true pressure comes not from individuals, but from blocks of people working together. And we, we've seen this with the nurses' strike recently, for example. If an individual nurse would say, I need more money, you must give me a pay rise, you'd be told, no, no way. But the nurses standing together as a community demanding that the government gives them a, a pay rise, which they absolutely did not want to do. After six months, the government has cracked and given them an offer of a pay rise, whether it's good enough or not. The nurses are now dis debating that. But uh, coming together as a group, you can be very much more powerful. So Extinction Rebellion is doing this nationally and Bristol Extinction Rebellion are doing that locally. And I have been helping to uh, work in the background on this. I found that in Bristol, amazingly, there are 200 activist groups across a whole huge range from environmental groups, social justice groups, um, uh, inv uh, economic crisis groups 200 activist groups in bristol well, amazing <laughs> we are we are a very <laughs> radical city to we be are. fair but yeah that, that is a lot <laughs> that is a lot and so in january we invited um them to come to a meeting to look at the idea of us coming together as supporters who back each other up with this idea that we're stronger as one and 100 people came representing 61 groups. And in that meeting, there was a lot of enthusiasm for um, the idea of coming together. But there was also um, that meeting revealed differences in power inequalities in society, which uh, re relationships between activist groups, the inequalities of power, which mirror the structural in inequalities in society. So we're keen that we do not repeat this in Stronger as One, and we wish to be anti-racist, anti-discriminatory, and actively work to prevent discrimination. So this will be one of the topics of our second meeting. So we're inviting groups to come on Thursday, the 30th of March, to the Unitarian Meeting Hall in Brunswick Square in St. Paul's. Doors will open at 6pm for drinks and uh, non-alcoholic and uh, simple plant-based food, because that's one of the things that Extinction Rebellion always does at the beginning of our meetings. We feed people because we know we need to support each other. And then from 6.45 uh, till 8.30, we'll have a meeting when we'll be talking about how to take this idea of Stronger as One forwards. And the people who are invited to come to that meeting are the coordinators or uh, organisers of uh, a wide range of activist groups in Bristol, and they can bring one or two of their colleagues along as well. So so the idea is that if someone's listening to this and say they're like, okay, well, I'm a key organiser in a particular activist group and this sounds interesting, they can email you or they can just sort of turn up. And the idea is, um, from what you were telling me, it's sort of everyone's getting to know each other and decide what the priorities are because this is something that you were saying to me off air is that you really want to make sure that the people making the decisions for what the focus is aren't sort of like the white middle class people who traditionally 
lead the very high-profile activist groups. Is that right? That's right. That's right, indeed. Stronger as one needs to build the structures for working together and making decisions. But um, I uh, don't know what those structures will be. I'm working on this with Cathy Fawcett. I am a white middle-class man, so I'm probably the last person who should be standing up and telling everybody how uh, uh, this should be run. My role is to be in the background to help make this happen and to listen to others and let them make the decisions. Okay, so great. So if um, so, if someone's listening and they're like, I want to find out more, so they can come along, there's a free meal, so they can just turn up, or if they want to um, uh, contact you ahead of time, how would they contact you ahead of time? Well, you can email me at strongerasone at protonmail.com. Or uh, if you want to know more about Extinction Rebellion in Bristol, you just put into Google Extinction Rebellion in Bristol and go to our website. And it'd be a good idea if you were to click on to receiving our email newsletter, which will be telling you about um, the action in London uh, in, uh, from the 21st of April, but also all the things that Bristol Extinction Rebellion are doing, such as the, the Dirty Water campaign and our campaign against Barclays Bank and other things like that. And you were saying a bit about in and the action in London on in April, the Bristol branch of Extinction Rebellion are going to be particularly focusing on the airport. Is that right? That's right, yes. Um, different parts of uh, the United Kingdom are coming to London to focus on different issues. And for Bristol Extinction Rebellion and Bristol Airport Action Network have been campaigning against the plans to expand Bristol Airport initially to increase the number of passengers per year by 2 million a year, which would put another million tonnes of carbon into the atmosphere, and then uh, to increase the number of passengers again. And Bristol uh, activists have been campaigning against this for three years. At the moment, we're at the stage where uh, we're funding and um, making an appeal to the appeal court against a decision by inspectors that this expansion could go ahead. And the Bristol... um, airport expansion is very important because there are 20 other regional airports that are looking at what happens in Bristol and it'll set a precedent as to whether they can expand. They all want to expand as well. And uh, we know that um, aviation is uh, 6% of the United Kingdom's carbon emissions. And so what we're going to be doing in London on Friday the 21st of April is we'll be starting in Trafalgar Square and we We will be together with um, airport expansion and aviation campaigners from across the country and we will go to the uh, Department of Transport to have a vigil outside them. the, the exact details are not uh, finalised yet, but the, our protest will include the Bristol Climate Choir and the um, the landing crew who have a, a sort of satirical um, performance that they put on. Uh, so it'll be uh, the usual mix of humour, satire and uh, a very serious message which Extinction Rebellion puts out. So please do come and join us. But find out more by signing up for the Bristol... Extinction Rebellion newsletter. And hey, guess who writes that? (laughs) Well, I'm part of a team who helps to write that. And one of the things I'll be doing this afternoon is working on Wednesday's newsletter. 
And if people are interested in joining, but they're like, oh, I really don't want to get arrested. Like uh, maybe, you know, maybe my, that would be terrible for my job or maybe I'm a person of color and obviously I don't trust the police. You know, what would you say to people who are interested but worried about potentially getting arrested? This whole campaign over the long weekend of the 21st to 24th of April has been negotiated with the Metropolitan Police. They know exactly what we're doing. We have agreed what we're going to do, the route we're going to take and all the things we're going to do. They have agreed they're not going to drop any surprises on us. We have said we're not going to do anything disruptive and breaking the law or anything that would lead to arrests. So we're not anticipating anybody having any risk of arrest at all. You'll be very safe to take your grandmother or your grandchildren (laughs) along there. And on Saturday, uh, the 22nd of April, there's going to be a biodiversity focus because it happens to be International Earth Day. So on that day... um, People from Extinction Rebellion, plus all these other groups that are uh, supporting us, Greenpeace, Friends of the Earth, and so on, will be dressing up as animals in a great march, families with children and all kinds of people, and they'll go somewhere near to Parliament, and they'll have a mass die-in to represent the extinction. What's a mass die-in? Everybody just lies down. Oh, so pretending to be dead. Yes, and so you have a sea of people lying down, dressed as animals, representing the destruction of wildlife that's happening across the world. Wow, okay, so Extinction Rebellion doing a lot uh, moving forward, quite a different change of tactics, No, not planning to get arrested, not planning to blockade uh, normal people on their commute. Um, so you've got the two big events coming up, there's the big one in April, and then there's also this meeting. Remind us of the date if for local campaigners the, the, who want to get involved. The meeting uh, for Stronger as One, and this is for people who are coordinators or organisers of uh, activist groups in Bristol from across a wide spectrum from environmental, biodiversity, um, social justice, climate justice groups. So the, the meeting is on Thursday the 31st of March at the Unitarian Meeting Hall in Brunswick Square, St Paul's. So the doors will open at 6 for a dr- non-alcoholic drinks and a simple plant-based food meal for free and then the meeting will be from 6.45 to uh, 8.30. forgot one thing to say, Nigel, you wanted to let people know how they could meet Extinction Rebellion or meet you face-to-face if they've got questions. That's right. Um, every Tuesday evening from 6.30, uh, Extinction Rebellion in Bristol meets at Cotton Parish Church, which is at the top of St Michael's Hill. And if you were to come and join us there, we would start at 6.30 by a free vegan meal, and then from 7 o'clock we talk about what are our plans for Extinction Rebellion Bristol to do? And uh, the way Extinction Rebellion works is that we're led from the bottom up, which means that people like you and I can shape the way it's run. And if you were to come along, we would invite you and ask you to tell us what you think we should do to impact uh, and make a difference for the climate. And so if you come, come along and meet us face to face, come along tonight if you like, And I'll be there, but also others, and we're there talking about and listening to what your ideas are. Amazing. So if maybe you're worried about the climate, but you are annoyed with Extinction Rebellion and how they're doing things, maybe this is the perfect chance to come along and have your say and uh, steer what they're doing next, because they are sort of in a new chapter of 
their activism, it sounds like. Um, yeah, so we're just going to talk briefly about Culture Corner before we wrap up the show. So this week's Culture Corner, I wanted to talk about a book called Manifesto, The Battle for Green Britain with Dale Vince. So this, um, there's actually an event on at Book House Book um, Shop in Wapping Wharf. Um, book House is spelt book h-a-u-s and it is uh yeah um that's tonight at 6 p.m and it's an interview with dale vince the author tickets are five pounds um dale vince uh is a entrepreneur um and a, an environmental entrepreneur um the information about the book says that he never intended to start a business, but he was driven by a passion for sustainability. He left school age 15, became a new age traveller, lived for free in a wind-powered double-decker bus. But after building his first wind turbine, he decided that to change the world, he needs to be on the grid, not off it. And in 1996, he founded green energy company Ecotricity, based on principles of social, financial and environmental sustainability, which has massively affected the landscape of UK energy. Since then, Dale has been appointed a UN ambassador for climate issues, become the owner of the first ever vegan football club and amassed a fortune of over £120 million built on sustainability. Uh, whether, hmm, interesting question about whether it's ethical to become a millionaire off uh, the climate crisis, but you know, maybe go along and ask him that. Uh, he's also been a vocal ex- supporter of Extinction Rebellion and he has got an OBE. Uh, this book is an updated version of his first book. He shares his approach to business with lessons learned from experience. Um, it's probably be interesting for any fledgling entrepreneur and also for people who are interested in renewable energy uh it talks about the dog days of free market dogma and the emerging crisis of capitalism so yeah that is tonight at 6 p.m at book house um he's going to be talking to martin booth the editor of bristol 24 7 magazine so if you're interested pop along um if you but if you can't maybe that's an interesting book you want to look up it's called manifesto the battle for green britain so i think that brings us almost to the end of our show i believe thanks again to nigel for the interview that was very interesting um and thank you our listeners for listening without you there is no show please do join us next week when we are going to be talking to not one not two but three local campaigners who are fighting for cleaner water in the river Uh, we'll have the organizers of the conum bathing campaign in the studio they want to ensure that everyone can enjoy our local river safely and that includes going swimming there during the hot summer months and obviously our summers are only going to be getting hotter so next up on bcfm is lunchtime with tristan b so keep it locked to bcfm for more tunes and chat but that's all from me shona gentry for an eye so please take care have a good day look after yourselves look after the planet and look after each other <laughs>